The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to What's on Your Mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here Always honored to serve as your concierge for conversation as we navigate through the issues of the day that affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. Uh, A couple of things I want to talk about today before we open the phones. Number one, do you know it's International Dog Day? Mm -hmm. International Dog Day it is, so we want to pay tribute to the 500-pound Mastiff guardian of the Mike Douglas Show studio uh, here today and also a part of our uh, family on the East Coast, the faithful canine named Harley, who uh, faithfully guards our daughter on America's East Coast. So International Dog Day, uh, pay tribute to a dog near and dear to you. Looking at the midterm election countdown, we're down to 74 days before the midterms on November 8. Again, my encouragement to all is to research as much as possible, really know who we're voting for, what are the issues, and we will do our level best in the days and weeks to come, in the uh, 1776 hours to go, the 106,000 560 minutes in the 6,393,600 seconds yet to go. We'll do our best here on the Mike Douglas Show to provide you as much information to think about and to mull over before November 8. Uh, So stay tuned, and as we get closer, we'll be talking about the propositions. We'll be talking about local measures, local races, as well as state and national races as well. Uh, Program note today, uh, this past Wednesday, we had the privilege of honoring Pastor Ken and Wanda Sweat of Modesto Foursquare Church uh, for 32 years of ministering here and uh, serving the community in the greater Modesto area. And uh, Ken will be joining us about 4.15 today. Just find out uh, from him some highlights over those 32 years, and we'll discuss his uh, his assessment of the community, where it's been, where it's going. And uh, we thank Ken for his service. Again, he'll be uh, retiring uh, from Modesto Foursquare. He'll be moving to Hollister, and he'll be uh, helping with his son-in-law and daughter, his son-in-law, a pastor in the Uh, Hollister area. Also a program note for today, right after we go off the air at 5 p.m., it's NFL football time. It'll be the Los Angeles Chargers versus the New Orleans Saints. That's at 5 p.m. today on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. All right, let's, uh, before we open the phones today, I I do want to visit some of the important headlines from today. One, the Dow Jones Industrial Average uh, dropped over 1,000 points today, and mostly due to Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell warning us that uh, bringing down the inflation rate is going to be painful, and that led investors to uh, be very cautious and... uh, 
They're looking out for more very aggressive rate hikes. So apparently things are going to become painful. Love that. And let's. this is interesting. Moderna is suing their pharmaceutical rivals Pfizer and BioNTech. Moderna is saying uh, it's claiming technology patent infringement of its COVID-19 vaccine. However, Moderna says that we don't we don't want the other guys' vaccines pulled off the market, but we do want a cut of the profits from those shots. So always follow the dollar on these things. All right, big news today, something we've been talking about to the country and maybe the world has been looking for, and that is the uh, release of the affidavit today that was used uh, to justify the search warrant at Mar-a-Lago. I have scanned the document. There are about 33 pages of affidavit in terms of justifying the search warrant. About 67% of those pages are partially or fully redacted. And breaking that down, about 27% of those 33 pages are partially redacted. 40% are fully redacted. So there's a lot of information that we still don't know. And redacted, of course, means those black lines that line things out so we aren't privileged to to see that for whatever reason. Uh, There are 20, let's see, 21, maybe 22 pages of supporting documents. That includes exhibits and attachments. Some are very heavily redacted. And looking at the context, you can probably understand why. Now, here's my suggestion, and and this is probably atypical in talk radio, but I I want to be able to discuss this affidavit intelligently and responsibly. I just got it a little bit, a copy of it a little bit before airtime today, and so I'm going to suggest this that we take the weekend to read through it, every each and every one of us. What do you mean, Mike? Are you giving us homework? No, 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 I'm making a suggestion. Again, I don't tell you what to do, but I am making a suggestion that you look at the affidavit, spend some time over it, analyze it, and then we can come back on Monday and better, more fully, and definitely more intelligently discuss its contents. And you may say, oh, how do I get a copy of that? Well, I'm glad you asked. If you want to email me, I will send you the PDF copy, uh, copy of the affidavit. So if you want to email me at mikeon1360 at gmail.com, that's mikeon1360 at gmail.com, I will be happy to send you the PDF version of the affidavit. Again, it's about 33 pages of the affidavit and then maybe another 21, maybe 22 pages of exhibits and uh, attachments and, and such. Or you can search for it yourself on the Internet. That's fine. Uh, again, I that's where I found it. And I, I just feel... It's better for us to really read through it than just to provide knee-jerk reactions to it. So, however, I do feel I I owe you having scanned it very, very quickly. um, Here are my initial impressions. 
Will it move the needles for people across the nation today? Here's my read. For those who loathe Donald Trump, it'll be like waving a a red flag or maybe an orange flag, perhaps, in front of them. And after reading this, they will see, they will envision Donald Trump in handcuffs and doing a perp walk to federal prison in the very near future. So those are for those who, who loathe Donald Trump. That's my estimation of their reaction. For those who love Donald Trump, who are great supporters, I think they will see uh, and perceive a weak and very general attempt to take uh, Donald Trump out of the 2024 elections. And what is readable and not redacted will probably reinforce their perception of a lack of credible evidence of wrongdoing. And then for those somewhere between the two poles, between favor and disfavor, I think a lot of questions remain. And uh, these are many questions that are on my mind. Is this a spitting contest between the National Archives and Donald Trump? And regarding the National Archives, what are the National Archives? If you search their frequently asked questions, and I'll just give you an excerpt here. The National Archives and Records Administration, NARA, is the nation's record keeper, they say. And this is from their website. Of all documents and materials created in the course of business conducted by the United States federal government, only 1% to 3% are so important for legal or historical reasons that they are kept by us forever. Those valuable records are preserved and are available to you, meaning the public, whether you want to see if they contain clues about your family's history, need to prove a veteran's military service, or are researching a historical topic that interests you. So that being the case, and then questions arise, why would alleged classified or alleged top-secret documents be sent to the National Archives if the public has access to them? That's a question. And then I think there's another element that's going to enter into people's minds, and that is, how does the Presidential Act of 1978 fit into this? And does it or does it not render the FBI raid justified or unjustified? Another question, did Donald Trump declassify the documents referred to in the affidavit and those seized by the FBI? If he did, is the search warranted? Is the affidavit even valid? Another question, does this set up a precedent? Will future presidents use the Attorney General of the United States and the FBI as political weapons against future candidates opposing them for the next presidential election. I'm really worried about the precedent. And I don't it doesn't matter to me whether it's a Republican or a Democrat or an independent, doesn't really matter. What I'm worried about is a precedent here where a sitting president looking at who is likely to oppose him or her in the next election will sick the attorney general and the FBI upon that person. If this becomes a precedent we're in deep wahooey for the future. Again, as you know, deep wahooey being a theological term. 
And then finally, a, a question. Is this a case of selective enforcement? You think back to James Comey and his public statements choosing not to prosecute Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, who was going to be running uh, for president, uh, not to prosecute her for possession of classified material on her personal computer. And somewhat 30,000 of those files uh, were bleached, erased. And then little or no attention has been paid to the Hunter Biden laptop and the questions it raises regarding potential questions about abuses of power and influence. In other words, is, is there selective enforcement here? Are we using the law against people we like and not against the people we don't, uh, or are we using the law against people we don't like, but uh, not enforcing it against people we do like? And then my, I guess my final uh, assessment here, I don't think the affidavit that I scanned uh, today, scanned very quickly, I think it's unlikely to move any needles for foes or supporters of Donald Trump. I think they will remain in their camps. And then those somewhere in the middle, I think, are likely to have more questions than there are presently answers. And I suspect there's going to be a lot more litigation uh, over this as well. So that's, uh, that's my assessment of the affidavit. I think in order to responsibly discuss this, I think you and I need to really read the affidavit carefully. Again, if you, if you can't find a copy online, email me. I will send you the PDF version. My email, mikeon1360 at gmail.com, mikeon1360 at gmail.com. All right, it is What's On Your Mind Friday, and we'll find out what's on your mind at area code 209-551-3483 in three minutes. Again, our number 209-551-3483 on What's On Your Mind Friday. Phones will be open in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 as the Mike Douglas Show continues on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on What's On Your Mind Friday on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, our number 209-551-3483. Again, Monday through Thursday, we like to keep the phone calls in the lane of the topics we're talking about. On Fridays, we kick back a little bit and uh, open up the topics uh, to what's on your mind. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483. By the way, want to specifically thank our uh, assistant producer and call screener this week, Brenda Lapome. Brenda, not only our assistant producer here on the Mike Douglas Show, also the director of operations at Advancing Vibrant Communities and Brenda has been doing double duty all week as our uh, producer, Mike Murray, has uh, a well-deserved vacation this week. So thank you, Brenda, for uh, sitting in for Mike and and doing a full week of uh, broadcast duties in addition to your full-time duties with Advancing Vibrant Communities. We appreciate that so much. All right, to the phones we go on What's On Your Mind Friday, 209 551 
Let's start with uh, Debbie in Stanislaus County. Debbie, welcome to What's on Your Mind Friday. Well, thank you very much, Sean. What's on my mind this wonderful Friday? Brenda is incredible, by the way. Just let's, I want to have a minute to explain this. She's incredible. The way she, especially the way she deals with me, because I'm hard to deal with, seriously. She's the sweetest, kindest person, the most understanding. You're so lucky to have her, but you know you are. Anyway, I wanted to give some time to Brenda. Um, the issue that we're talking about now all stems back to the papers that the FBI came in and got from President Trump's home, et cetera, et cetera. I want to address that, but I want to coordinate it with other things that need to be handled in the United States of America. And I once and for all want it made clear to us that we are, in fact, to this date, the United States of America, because I'm questioning it. When those borders were opened, that took away our country to you and I. And they're hiding all of that. And I want us to go all the way back in our communication that we can dig up on Barack Obama. And I want all of that brought up in detail. Now, in case, and there's a whole bunch of history we haven't even talked about yet. There was a country that we were involved in. And we did, and Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, what they did in that country to those American young men can never, ever be made up. Nobody talks about them. There's a whole lot of things that have happened in our country. My fellow Americans, we have to do our homework, and we have to be willing to go back. Now, in case these people that call themselves Democrats, I don't know what they are anymore. I think they're heathens. I think they're mean, and they know exactly what they're doing. I watched every hearing that we've had on our television. It is repulsive. Going all the way back to the Clintons, what they did, nobody's ever done anything to them. And we have to take every single thing that's happened in our country. You may not want to do it because it's hard work. But we have to go back, and we have to make people responsible for what they've done to this country, to our young men and young women that gave up their lives for this country. I've got magazines. I've got paperwork in my home that I've saved and held close and dear to me. And I look at those faces and the ages and the different, different Marines, the Navy, the Air Force, all those children that have given up their lives for us. And what do we do? We pacify it. We pacify ourselves. We can't do this anymore. If they want to beat up on our previous president, then we've got to stand tall. And we've got to be encouraged that we have good brains, not just the technology, but brains. And we have to do our homework and bring every single issue and make these people responsible for what they've done. We can no longer sit back and listen to this rhetoric about how they're tearing our president and his family apart. I'm sick and tired of it. I, I I agree with you, Debbie. I, Debbie, I've got to hit a mark here uh, in a couple of seconds. Uh, first of all, I agree with you 100%. We are blessed uh, by Brenda uh, at uh, Advancing Vibrant Communities and here on the show. You have no idea what a blessing she is. And secondarily, I agree with you. We need to hold our public officials accountable. And uh, 
November 8, 2022 and November 2024. Critical milestones coming up. Debbie, thanks for your call. Uh, Gotta go, but we'll be back in five minutes and we'll hear from Ryan from Oakdale here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on What's On Your Mind Friday. Our telephone number 209-551-3483 here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Well, let's get back to the phones on what's on your mind Friday. And let's find out what's on the mind of Ryan from Oakdale. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hello, Mr. Douglas. It's a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. So I just wanted to speak to you on this is I'm sure you're probably aware of it, but I've noticed that probably for the last couple months, really, is there's a lot of racial and, I hate to say it, extremist behavior in Modesto. Um, so far, the, over the course of the July weekend, I don't know if you've seen the Modesto Bee or not, but sadly there was Nazi extremists that targeted Jewish houses in Modesto. So it's just, it's, I, I blame extremists on both sides of the part, our aisle for the climate that we are in right now. And I, I'm a DoorDasher and I do Uber things like that. So I talk to people and there's just a uh, hue, a haze over people that is aggression. And I personally, there's sometimes I don't feel safe in Modesto. I don't feel safe in certain areas just because I can sense that um, hue of aggression from people. And I don't know if it's because of the COVID-19 stuff or if people are just agitated because of the economy but it's got to stop. I, and we have Shabbat coming up and reflect on what God has provided for us and for the peace and for just, just pray, pray for peace in our country and our economy. And especially for Israel because of the recent rocket attacks. And so it's just, there's just so much going on and it just, it needs to stop. And it just, I think that's why people are so agitated because people are starting to feel that as it just needs to stop. I agree with you, Ryan. I and I want to put my pastor hat on here just for a second. I, I feel there uh, is tremendous spiritual warfare sur- uh, surrounding us and swirling around us uh, these days. Uh, for those oh, yeah, who uh, may not be people of faith but are Star Wars fans, I guess I could describe it as a disturbance in the force, so to speak. <laughs> right. Uh, but Ryan, I, I agree with you. I, I think uh, our, and not just Modesto, but in, in general, so many people are on edge. And again, you know, the, yeah, the uh, pandemic, the, the political answers and the public policies related to the pandemic, I think, play into that. But I think uh, a lot of factors in our society today encourage and facilitate a lot of hatred. And you're right, it, it needs to stop. And the, and the problem is, uh, Ryan, and this is my perspective, it stops with heart change. And you have rightly identified, in my opinion, 
you have rightly identified the answer. It begins with prayer. As a mentor of mine once said, prayer is not the only thing we do, but it's the first thing we do. Uh, I think it begins there, and it be and, and and the answer is heart change, locally and and across the nation, and that means you and I need to exhibit what we're talking about, and so I, I think you have have rightly identified an issue today, and uh, you know I'll give you the last word on that, Ryan. One thing I particularly blame too is if you go on TikTok, you go on Facebook. Instagram, social media in general, promotes chaos, promotes violence, promotes um, extremist behavior. And what's bad is I firmly believe, my rabbi says this to me all the time, what, you're, what you put into your soul, it affects who you are as a person. I firmly believe that. So if you're listening to angry things, if you're listening to watching violent content, I think after a time, your uh, brain is uh, spoken to, in my opinion, and that's just what I think is going on, and I think a lot of young people are going on TikTok and way, way too much social media is influencing that behavior. Ab- absolutely, and uh, Ryan, I, I, I would just say amen to that. So, uh, shalom, my friend. Have a great uh, weekend, and thank you for your call. Good observations today. Thank you. Shabbat shalom. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, It's What's on Your Mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. I don't know that I say this enough, but those of you who take the time to call in, even those who have differing viewpoints, you bless me. You really do. Uh, Because you take the time to formulate your thoughts, you take the time to call in, share your hearts, and uh, in your minds, and that that's a blessing to me. It really is. And so thank you for that. I want to make sure I, I thank you and take that time to give you kudos uh, as well on what's on your mind Friday. All right, back to uh, the cowboy capital of the world, Oakdale, California, and Frank. Frank, what's on your mind today? Yeah, Biden recently called America First Americans semi-fascists and so i kind of like to delve a little bit deeper into what american first people are first of all referring back to ryan's call we're extremely concerned about the protection of israel and about this new iran deal and how it could jeopardize the safety of israel and how they could be subject to nuclear attack as a result of it uh, we want Americans, America to prosper. We know that when the American economy prospers, the entire world prospers. We want to be able to drill more oil and natural gas so that we could help Ukraine and Europe, which is being strangled by uh, Russia right now. And we know that we drill more efficiently for the sake of the environment and more safely. We want to decrease American debt so that um, inflation will be be reduced, which will benefit Americans and the whole world. We're concerned about hundreds of thousands of Muslim Uyghurs in camps in uh, in, in China and enslaved by the Chinese Communist Party. Nothing against the Chinese people. I think they're wonderful people. They have tons of qualities. We're t- concerned about the uh, Chinese Communist Party oppression of millions of people in China. Hong Kong, potentially in Taiwan. 
We're concerned about political corruption in Washington, D.C. The list goes on and on and on. But yet now we're referred to as semi-fascist, which is we're probably insulted more by Biden than than other countries who have shouted death to America and who are working diligently towards the destruction of America. But yet now we are public enemy number one in this country, and it's just incredible when we're basically hardworking Americans who want to work hard, who want everybody to prosper, everybody to get get ahead in this country, and we want this country to be blessed. But we are public enemy number one. It's amazing. Frank, uh, thank you for that. Uh, And you have very eloquently and thoroughly hit a lot of the issues we need to think of when we hear about uh, the president of the United States calling parts of the United States fascists. Those who uh, who believe that they need to make America great again. Look, we're all Americans, and I would think that a candidate who campaigned on unity would try to promote it, and he doesn't. And Frank, I think the other one of the other factors that comes in here, and this is just general human nature, when we can't debate the facts, when when we can't deal with the facts, when we can't uh, argue against the facts held by the other side, what do we do? We attack them and try to destroy the character, try to destroy the credibility of the opposing voice. That's what I see happening right now. now. The facts about about an economy that's out of control, about inflation that's a 41-year high, about our international policy right now, about the fact that, that we're tanking the economy by destroying the gas and oil industry, all of that that you have mentioned so well, Frank, plays into, you can't really deny that, so what do you do? You attack the people who believe that, Frank, and I, <clears throat> I agree with you how we deal with that. I think we, uh, I think we address the issues. And this is where I, I, I think it's not productive to get drawn into the name-calling, uh, but it's more productive in order to gather more votes anyway to deal with the issues. Frank, excellent call. Again, eloquently, uh, eloquently said as well. All right, let's go up the road a piece on what's on your mind Friday to Ripon, California, our number 209-551-3483. Jack from Ripon, what's on your mind on what's on your mind Friday? Well, a couple of things. First, first of all, I wanted to address what you were just talking about, which is uh, engaging in name calling. And I am disappointed in people that are uh, of a conservative mindset that engage in name calling. Um, I, I think that they lose points when they do that. Um, and I think that it's entirely possible to argue your point by simply stating the facts and not engaging in name calling. That's not actually what I called about, but um, I, I just wanted to make that particular comment. And hopefully some of those people are listening and may decide to throttle it back a bit on the name call. I agree with them, but I don't agree with the name call. Um, my question really was, um, we seem to have, at least appears to be, an increase in mass shootings. And 
I don't have any answer for why that is happening. I am certainly not saying we need to have more gun laws because that doesn't make any difference at all to a criminal. Um, do you have any means of explaining why we have an increase in mass shootings? That's an interesting question, Jack. And I think really, rather than me go out on a limb here where I don't have the stats to back it up, uh, I would say we probably need to get uh, either local police chiefs or sheriffs on the phone here, and we'll do that and ask them that exact question. Uh, I guess my f- my initial response to that is, I it, and this goes back to, um, uh, to Ryan who called uh, earlier, and that is there's just, I think, a general heating up of frustration. Uh, there's a lack of dealing with violence in our culture, a lack of dealing with it effectively. Uh, I think a lot of things contribute to it. Uh, mass shootings generally are, are shootings that in, involve victims of, of foreign more. Uh, but I also think we see, you know, people using their cars to plow through crowds. We see uh, knifings happening uh, as well. And I, I think violent, and, and we, we've seen uh, on the news, if you're watching the news, we're watching people in, in uh, New York City and, and other major places across the country just getting pummeled by, by fists. So I think there's a, a general rise in violence, or at least we're more aware of it. And again, how we deal with it, it has to come from individual heart change. Uh, but I think the other thing we need to do is be more proactive in prosecuting these things and offering deterrence uh, from that. So, uh, Jack, that's my best response at this point. I think the responsible thing to do, however, is that we uh, contact some of our local sheriffs and and police chiefs and ask them that question to see what they say and, and get their read on it. Yeah, Good. I stand corrected. I'm sorry. Hang on, Jack. I actually took you off the air. Go ahead and ask your question again. Okay. Um I, I said I stand corrected on that. Uh, I said mass shootings, and what I should have said is mass violence, because you're absolutely okay. right. Yeah. There have been people driving their cars into crowds and people that have just walked in. I mean, we're seeing videos almost every day of somebody walking up behind somebody who presumably they possibly don't even know and just hitting them. Yep. Um, it, it's just, uh, I don't know, maybe they do know, but it, it just, it's, kind of crazy with the kind of uh you know violence that people are are uh wreaking seemingly haphazard a- absolutely and uh, i think one of the issues again jack and thank you for that clarification i, I think that's a very good one uh again my knee jerk reaction i hope it's more knee and, and not so much jerk is uh that we need to have better deterrence uh to this uh to these acts of violence uh, which means uh, aggressive prosecution and aggressive sentences as well. Jack, thanks so much for your call. <clears throat> we'll continue with What's on Your Mind Friday with Pete from Stockton and Ed from Lodi. That's coming up in three minutes. Here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's on Your Mind Friday here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
Our telephone number for What's On Your Mind, 209-551-3483. Let's find out. Uh, Pete from Stockton, what's on your mind today? Hello, Mr. Douglas. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, we've got a lot of new IRS agents coming into our country here working for us. So they're giving these students loans that are they're uh, eliminating the income on it. So will these IRS agents take that money that they're eliminating from the students and charge them an income tax? Because when we file income tax, it's a plus or a minus. And the money that's deducted from their loan is a plus to their account. So will they be paying taxes on that money that they're getting? And the money that was eliminated from their account, that's a default, whatever words you use, will they be charged penalties or interest on the account? That's my thought. Pete, (laughs) that's an astute observation, and I have to confess that's probably outside my wheelhouse a bit. Uh, when it comes to uh, tax law and such. I, I think that's a very interesting pop proposition. I would not doubt it. Uh, I know that uh, Josh Harder, congressman, was on our, our show here uh, a week or so ago, and his feel was that the 87,000 new IRS agents were pretty much just going to be dealing with uh, unprocessed uh, tax uh, returns so that people can get their money back I'm not. Uh, I, I'm. I'm not sure about that. I. I think the fact that they're uh, going to be sworn and carrying uh, guns and such. I. I think uh, that that's probably not the case. And I. In my interactions with the IRS, and it's always been very amicable. Pete, I've never had the IRS help me get money back, ever. It, as nice as they are, it's always been. They've found ways and reasons for me to pay more money. Have you ever had the IRS say, gee, here's more money that we found for you and we're going to give it to you, or has it been the other way around? It's always been the other way around, but my my thought was to get get the idea out. And when I give clothes to the Salvation Army or, or donate something or other, you know, that's a deduction from my account. And, you know, if, if I've lost money in, in something, that's a minus or a plus. So right. I just want the word to get out. Maybe some uh, accountant or somebody can see, hey, yeah, they, they received a positive, so they may have to pay. And a lot of times some of these go up to 30 to 50 percent certain accounts. So it's just an idea that can go out and float, and maybe an accountant or somebody, they can say, hey, yeah, they, they did get a deduction from the loan, but they still owe interest. On the money that they got. Absolutely, so, Pete. Thank I, you for your time. I uh, thank you. It's an interesting thought. We'll uh, we'll see what happens, and uh, let's go very quickly to Ed from Lodi on what's on your mind Friday. Uh, Ed, what's on your mind today? Well, um, what's on my mind is it seems like you know we're inundated with a whole bunch of unelected. Um, authorities. I mean, we were just talking about one, the IRS and things like that. But what about the, the air quality board that now just determined that we are not going to be able to have gasoline sold cars in California as of 2035? Why do they have that kind of authority when we don't even elect them? We, we vote for our legislatures, and I'm sure 
they uh, they in turn create these uh, commissions and boards that are then I think actually run by the governor or the state. Com- you know, uh, I don't know who who might run it. It might be the um, the state controller or whatever. But you know, I don't think this is right. I think this is something that should not happen. I think that all of these boards, PUC, everything involved, ought to have zero authority with the exception of advisory status. Yes. The, the, the legislature has to do its job and they, and they need, and that's true on the national level as well. Um, I, I, I think it's, it's really, cause you can't really address, address things. And if you remember, like when we were talking about um, uh, the water, you know, who gets the water usage, we couldn't even address that with anybody. And, and, uh, um, and and so I just you know I feel like there's too much of this and this has to change and I hope that California actually does, goes a different direction. I don't mind people buying electric cars. I just don't think they should be mandated. I don't it, even think they're all that environmentally friendly. And I I, I, think I agree. Just, Ed, I've I've got to run here uh, because the computer's right, going right. to take over. Let me respond to you though in in five minutes after news, weather, and traffic. You bring up a good point, and uh, I'll react to that after the top of the hour. Here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The show you love. Talking about the issues that are important to you. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show as we head into our number two on What's on Your Mind Friday here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here always, always honored to serve as your concierge for conversation. And I want to uh, react now to an excellent call from uh, Ed from Lodi. By the way, excellent calls today. Great points. So much appreciate you uh, participating in our ability to provide a live and local forum uh, so that your voices are heard on a lot of these issues. And we'll get back to the phones in a moment, but I do want to respond and react to a great point that Ed from Lodi uh, brought up and and it is rightfully concerned i believe about the plethora of unelected officials that uh, really uh, tend to have a lot of power and control that they ought not to have they are not elected officials they are not part of the legislature either in sacramento nor in washington dc a lot of these, uh, a lot of these boards, a lot of these unelected officials, and and I think uh, Ed made reference to uh, the California Air Quality Board and and uh, their dicta now that by 2035 there will be no more gas power engines in California. They always they all have to be uh, electric cars and such. Uh, I agree with you, uh, Ed, and I think the solution is to get. Uh, small government people into office. And that's why I believe that the election coming up on November 8th is not just a tipping point. It's going to be a milestone. 
Uh, we're either going to lose this thing where it may not be retrievable. And when I say this thing, I'm talking about the the rights that we used to enjoy under the U.S. Constitution, the, the Bill of Rights and the tenets of uh, the Declaration of Independence. All that seems to be uh, slipping away, and we, we seem to be powerless to do anything about it. Well, the power is at the ballot box uh, in, in November, on November 8, 2022. And so that becomes so important that we elect people who are committed to undoing a lot of the, the power, uh, even almost law enforcement authority of these unelected officials. Uh, many of these boards, I think, need to be redefined. Their powers need to be redefined. And maybe a lot of them need to be disbanded and done away with. But that takes people who are committed to small government. So, Ed, I'm, I'm 100% behind you on that. And I think that's a topic, uh, Ed, that is worth pursuing in the future as well. And I think as we interview politicians and candidates, Coming up towards uh, November 8th, that's a question we need to ask, and I'm jotting it down here in our uh, plethora of questions to ask, what about these unelected officials? What are you going to do about that? How do you feel about that? Ed, excellent, excellent question. Appreciate that very much. It is What's on Your Mind Friday, 209-551-3483. Let's go back to the phones. And Barbara from Stockton. Barbara, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Well, Mike, I I was laughing. I was listening to this person who has an electric car talking about trying to get from where they were to uh, Los Angeles. The way it's set up, it's not going to work. It's going to have to be some form of electric car that is, that's a hybrid car. But because think about it, you don't want a car that you can only drive in California. Okay, say, for instance, you, you want to go to New Mexico or you might want to go to Texas, and you're in your electric car. Now, can you imagine the problems that you're going to have trying to get from here to there? You know, when you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to find a charging station because ev- all of the states aren't in favor of electric cars the way California is. And think about the cost of repair. You know, to to fix uh, cars like this and uh, and all of the retooling and all of the things that uh, people are going to have to do in the different states and places to have these kind of cars. So it, it has to be uh, some kind of a hybrid. This will probably be one of the biggest debacles that they've done uh, in California, you know, trying to have just the all-electric car. It'll have to be, you watch and see, some form of hybrid. Because I just cannot see you going to try to go cross-country and you can't make it because you're going to be in places where you can't even find a, a charging station. Absolutely. What do you think? Yeah, I'm a gr- Barbara, I think you have articulated uh, the argument against the California Air Quality Resources Board. I, I think you have articulated very well uh, the counter-argument there. Uh, I think you are exactly right. A, we don't have the technology yet. And so to plan to do away with one thing before we even have the next thing that may or may not replace it is folly. It really is folly. It's mismanagement of the public trust, and it's mismanagement of government power. 
Uh, I think your example of listening to the person that was trying to drive a long way with an electric car, it proves the case. And uh, I think, Barbara, one of the effects of this is going to decimate the travel industry. No, who, who's going to want to drive anywhere? You won't know if you can make it or not. And what if we have Absolutely. a brownout or we have a blackout, Barbara? What, what happens then? And uh, one of the well, other that's... points is that a lot of the materials that go into these cars have to use the gas and oil industry to produce the parts. And I think the other thing, Barbara, and, and this was a very astute observation on your part, and that is the cost of repairs and maintenance. I've got a 1973 yeah. Plymouth Duster that I've had since 1973, and I can work on it. I can put a carburetor in it. I know where the alternator is. You try to work on cars today, it's almost impossible, isn't it, Barbara? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And this person that had the car, fortunately, he had a hybrid, so he had to use the rest of it. He had to use the, the hybrid part in order to get <laughs> to get to L.A. Well, well, and Barbara, I think uh, to to round this out, I'm not opposed to hybrids. I'm not opposed to electric cars. I'm opposed to the policies dealing with it because the the technology is not there yet. It really isn't. Oh, absolutely. And, And to decimate all those jobs, you know, think of the Keystone XL pipeline, uh, being done away with right off the bat by the Biden administration. Uh, nothing of, of this makes sense. We are not, we are not at the point of the Jetsons yet. <laughs> We're just not there, no. Barbara. So, yeah, so I think uh, a lot of that is just folly. Barbara, great point. Great call. Appreciate you, uh, appreciate you calling in today. All right, coming up in three minutes, uh, it's going to be our privilege to invite uh, as a guest Pastor uh, Ken Sweat. He and his wife Wanda are retiring after 32 years of ministering as pastors at Modesto Foursquare Church and uh, serving the community as well. So we're going to talk to Pastor Ken a little bit in three minutes, find out uh, some of the highlights over those 32 years how he's seen ministry uh, change in some aspects, and uh, just have the opportunity to tap his experience and wisdom that extends over three decades. All that coming up in three minutes here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as uh, as we are in our number two here on this Friday. And my pleasure now to uh, invite into our our broadcast booth here uh, a, a man. I he's he's one of those I consider to be a a real treasure in our community. He's, uh, he's, uh, he serves humbly and, and quietly as a servant of God and as a servant of the community. And it's been my pleasure, the some 25, 27, whatever, 
however many years I've been here. Been my pleasure uh, to call him a colleague, to work with him, to pray with him over the years. And uh, before he and his wife Wanda, this is Pastor Ken Sweat and his wife Wanda, before uh, they are fully retired and leave our city here and head for Hollister, we want to talk to Pastor Ken Sweat about his 32 years of serving Modesto Foursquare Church and the community as well. So let me bring him in. Uh, Pastor Ken Sweat, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show, my friend. Thanks for visiting with us today. Thank, thank you, Michael. God bless you. Really appreciate the invitation, and nice to be here with uh, with you and your audience. Appreciate it so much. Ken, thirty two years. Uh, I did, did a little quick research, and, and many sources say the average pastor today serves approximately four to five years at one congregation. Uh, you and Wanda have have served for thirty two years. Can that that's significant number one, but number two, over those years, uh, Ken, are there one or two highlights that are just very meaningful to you as you reflect over those three decades of service? Well, thank you, Michael. It it probably would be hard to limit it to to that. There's really a long, long list. We feel very, very blessed that the Lord led us here. Um, Wonderful to raise our, our three daughters and see them uh, thrive in so many ways in this in this community. But I I think Michael, I would probably focus on just a camaraderie. That that might be one of the words I would use on a long list. But the camaraderie of the pastors that um, it didn't just happen. It was there was a lot of work uh, to get it there, but some wonderful memories of just serving with various pastors of the community. We we realized that we really had so much in common, and there was no reason not to really focus on encouraging one another, uh, being accountable to each other. So that's a, that's a huge uh, blessing. I can remember some years past when uh, colleagues of mine in my particular denomination would hear about things that were happening in Modesto with with the pastors, and they would they would say, "What what are you guys doing? You mean you, there's a large group that comes every week, and you pray together, and you go to a Promise Keeper event, and you all have the same T-shirt on that says Church of Modesto instead of individual congregations, or they might have heard there was a, one of our churches in town uh, at the time, Calvary called the house now, but." Uh, they had an outreach, and out of the, the prayer time with the pastors, we all said, you know, this it seems like God is really using this to bless our community. Let's all, let's all uh, encourage the, the people in our churches to, to be a part of that. So yeah, that was kind of unheard of. Maybe, maybe it happens more than, than we're aware of, but that was a novel thing, at least to me. The marriage policy, Michael, that, that uh, the pastors signed that we would— you know, really do our best to have premarital counseling, to uh, insist on that, really, so that um, maybe a couple would say, well, I don't want to go through marriage counseling. I'll go to the church down the street, and maybe I can get married next week. And to find that pa- that pastor would say the same thing. So we weren't against marriage. We just wanted to to make sure that people that got married were uh, were ready for it. 
so, yeah, I think also, Michael, one of the thoughts recently came to me when we had the flood here in Modesto, and the, the church really really stepped forward and, and wanted to do what, anything possible to, to help with that. We had a, a, joint, a joint service uh, out on the field at Johansson High School on a Sunday night. That was really spectacular. I, I think of the the night that really the dedication or the grand opening probably is a better word of fun works. Pastor Russ Bryles invited all of us and our families and to just walk around that new um, beautiful place and see all of our, our friends. So that, that really sticks out of my mind, Michael, the, the prayer support. I remember one Sunday uh, uh, pulled into my, my parking lot early and uh, happened to see a car just pulling out, and I recognized the man in the car. It was a, a pastor. He was on staff at the time. It was called First Baptist. Now it's uh, Cross Point. Anyway, uh, Pastor Cliff, he was just leaving my parking lot at that hour of the morning, and I knew why he was there because it wasn't just our facility, but he would drive around on Sunday mornings and pick two or three different churches each week to just uh, just pray for that church. So I don't know. It, it just seemed like God was doing something pretty spectacular, and and it uh, it was sure sure is sure a great place to minister. I'm really excited about the new pastors taking over here at Modesto uh, Foursquare, Tyler and Cassie Etter, that that they'll be a part of it because though it's a little different, there's still that that sense of of uh, accountability and trying to encourage uh, one another. Uh, us pastors, we're not competing. We're trying to do what we can to uh, to bless our community. Yeah, Ken, I think that uh, spirit of collaboration is very good, and, and it's uh, and really, when you think about it, it's somewhat of a minor miracle when, uh, when pastors from different denominations, whether it's Pentecostal or uh, whatever it might be, or, or me coming from Lake Avenue Church in, in uh, Pasadena, California, very conservative. And, uh, you know, we, we just have all different types of backgrounds, and yet uh, we, we focus on what the main thing is and what we share, and that's a focus on, on Christ and our mission to serve the community. And some of these outlying things, uh, those differences, we can put aside so that we can work together and pray together and make a difference in the community. Got two or three minutes left, uh, Pastor Ken Sweat, as you look at Modesto. What kind of changes have you seen over over 30 years, and how, how would you pray for the city as you now move on to another location? Well, yeah, you know, I, if briefly I would maybe break it up into good changes uh, and, and maybe not so good. Uh, some of the good would be uh, the better coordination, Michael, of uh, different ministries in the church. Uh, love Modesto, uh, love Stanislaus, uh, Modesto Gospel Mission, Salvation Army, Advancing Vibrant Communities. I think you know a little bit about that one. And uh, the, the chaplain ministries in the hospital to the police, uh, the pregnancy center. Uh, it, through the years, it, to me, they've just uh, been uh, improving and improving. In other words, it's the, they're helping people to help people. And um, more, more of these ministries have, have uh, been raised up and those that were already existing. They just have sharpened uh, their pencil and 
and just become really, really effective. So those are some of the good the good things. Uh, on the the flip side, every, every community, of course, has its its challenges, and we're we're no different. And I think that some of the uh, consequences of really bad decisions on the political um, landscape, leaders in Washington and Sacramento, even locally to some extent, but they they work their way down and they have uh, a negative impact that that uh, exacerbates when individuals make their own personal wrong choices. When you have the political decisions that are being made that actually aren't good for a community, it's kind of a a double whammy, but there's hope. Uh, there's there's sure a lot of hope because even with bad policies at the political level, uh, an individual, a family can experience true and lasting peace because of a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And so then they begin to make better decisions. Uh, they, they sort of plant uh, better seeds, if you will, and a much better harvest is enjoyed almost like no matter what the craziness might be happening that might be happening on the national level or the state level the local level uh their their newfound life with with God it it's changing the community one life one family uh at a time and so like you Michael and so many in your audience I I've seen this over and over again and so we vote you vote uh we we work hard we do our best but even if decisions don't go the way that we would like, uh, lives can be changed and this community can be made better when uh, people open their heart to, to God through Jesus. So that, that's how I pray. I'll continue, Wanda and I will continue to pray uh, for this wonderful community. We're going to miss it. Uh, it's a great place to raise a family. It has so much to offer. If, if people look for good things in Modesto, they're going to find it because there's an abundance of good things here. And uh, we'll we'll be praying for you and your ministry, Michael, and you're uh, really proud of what you're doing here in the radio, and it's just been an honor to, to share a few minutes with you. Thank you. Uh, Pastor Ken Sweat, thank you so much. Uh, Ken, can you, can you hold for five minutes, or do you have to run? Uh, sure, Michael. Okay, I want to come back. I have one or two more questions for you. We're talking to Pastor Ken Sweat and his wife, uh, Wanda, retiring after 32 years at Modesto Foursquare Church. Got another couple of questions for Pastor Ken. We'll ask him in five minutes when the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We're visiting with uh, Pastor Ken Sweat. He and his wife, Wanda, are retiring after 32 years of vocational ministry at Modesto Foursquare Church in Modesto, uh, moving on uh, to uh, to serve with other family members in Hollister and another venue. And uh, Pastor Ken, before we let you go, uh, let me ask you this, and this question uh, goes beyond uh, Pastor Tyler and Cassie, who will be taking the the baton from you. What advice, what encouragement would you give to young pastors today to survive and to flourish in today's culture? 
Well, it's a great, uh, great question, Michael. If I uh, had an opportunity to speak to a, a group of young pastors, I, I probably would. I think I would just focus on encouraging encouraging them to remember that the Lord, uh, the Lord has called them, and and if they if they know that deep, down deep in their heart, uh, He's going to help them through through whatever. Uh, challenge uh, that they face, whatever disappointment. Without a doubt, the the ministry has disappointments. Uh, I was thinking the other day that in my 32 years here, I also pastored five years in Sacramento. I was a youth pastor for about six years before that. But there there's times when you get discouraged. Uh, um, you, you 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 concentrate on well that sermon wasn't that good or. That family left the church, and boy, you kind of focus on the negative, and you, uh, we probably shouldn't do it, Michael, but uh, pastors sometimes question our call. Um, you, you know, you think, I, I thought I heard the Lord tell me he wanted me to pastor people, but maybe maybe I didn't hear him right. Maybe he said he wanted me to pester people, and and so maybe I'm okay because I've probably done both of that. But I, I would encourage them to... Just leave it with the Lord um, that He will reward them for their their faithfulness, and He He is in charge of the of the fruitfulness. And you know, we leave after 32 years. I wish our church had been you know five times larger, but um, you you just never know what the Lord might be doing in in the people that you have a chance to minister to. So so focus on that and leave the results with Him. And uh, re- remember to stay uh, stay in tune with with the Lord every day. You have to you have to have that quiet time with Jesus and let His Word speak to you. All the more so if you're a leader. But sometimes a leader, even in uh, pastoral ministry, can get real busy doing stuff and they they forget to just slow down and and let let the Lord uh, minister to them personally. And uh, that's where you can run into trouble in your in your personal life in your marriage and and so uh the ministry can be hazardous any vocation can so you, we all are desperate for the lord that's all there is to it we just we just need him but if you have that personal relationship with the lord he'll he'll keep you filled up with joy he'll keep you focused on the right things and then you can work real hard and and get home in time for dinner Hopefully not too late, and uh, <laughs> enjoy your family, and just uh, go at it the next day. And so I, w- I would encourage them not to not to worry about the small things. It's easy for me to say because uh, now I'm sort of going into a, a new new assignment here, and I won't have as much responsibility. But I would encourage them just just trust in the Lord. Let let all those things. Uh, just put them at his feet, and he's gonna he's gonna work them out for you. Well said, from the voice of experience, Pastor Ken Sweat. Thank you, brother. It's just been an honor and a privilege to uh, serve with you. Um, again, I've been here probably 25, 27 years. Uh, you, you, 32 years. Thank you so much for the opportunity to work with you, to collaborate with you, and blessings upon uh, your new opportunities with family out in Hollister. Again, uh, we uh, we pray for you as uh, as you leave, and thank you for your service to our city. 
Thank you, Michael. Appreciate your friendship so much. God bless you. All right. Again, Pastor Ken Sweat, he and his wife Wanda retiring from Modesto Foursquare after 32 years. And uh, it's just been, a, again, a, a, and I don't say this lightly, it really has been a great privilege uh, to call him a friend and to collaborate with him uh, for the benefit of the city uh, for for so many years. All right, it is What's on Your Mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show, our number 209-551-3483. David from Modesto has been very patient. Uh, David, what's on your mind today? Well, Mike, that was a good guest. Uh, I'm really glad... It was good to listen to him, but I have something kind of mean to say, and it's about the Democrat politicians of America who convinced the media to convince all the voters of America that there are only two colors of people on this planet. There are five colors on it, uh, and we are yellow, red, brown, black, and white. And white is as much a color as the other four colors. When they talk about people of color, the white people need to look in a mirror and ask themselves, can I see myself? Of course you can. It's because you're colored. We're all colored. So let's try to remember that, boys and girls, and stop being so racist about people of color, people of color. That really bothers me. Have a good day, Mike. Bye. All right, David, thanks for your call. Appreciate that. It's What's on Your Mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. I think reacting very briefly to to David's call there, I think one of the challenges that we face today is there is tremendous pressure from those in elected positions, from those in power, uh, from the progressives, if we can put that label on it, to divide people. And I, I, I would ch- challenge, challenge us to think of it this way. When we hear a lot of rhetoric that is attempting to divide us, that is attempting to uh, put wedges between us, to really be careful of buying off on on any of the philosophies that they're bringing forward. Unity does not come from saying, we're going to be unified. No. Uh, Unity comes from finding out what we share in common, identifying those areas, I I call those points of grace, where the concerns of the community, uh, the concerns of various cultures— the concerns of various races, the concerns of God, the concerns of of government, all the facets of a community where they come together, those points of grace, those shared concerns is where we can start and say, we all can agree that this is an issue. I don't, for example, I don't think anyone would say we're all for more homicides. (laughs) No, we would say, let's deal with it. We're I don't know anyone who would say we're all for streetlights not working in our neighborhoods. No, we we want to find those places where the utilities aren't working or where they're neglected, and and we want to make sure that they're uh, maintained properly. So my point being, we need to start with those areas where we have shared concerns, and we build from that, and we build as we work together 
unity starts to flow from working together on things that we're all concerned about. And and David, I, I, I think my reaction to you is one of the problems, big problems that we have today is that so many quarters of our society are intent on dividing us. And that's not to deny that culturally, and I, I appreciate red and yellow, black, white, brown, you, know, you mentioned that, we all need to honor each other in that regard uh, because my cultural perspectives may be different from yours, may be different from other people in other parts of the community. That's fine. We all have our separate upbringings and our separate cultures that we bring to the fore, but the point is to be able to meld them all together and be productive and and honor each other in the process. When there's that dishonor, when there's that pointing fingers that you are racist or you are anti-LGBTQ+, whatever, you are uh, anti-the environment, you are anti-this, you are anti-that, it immediately loses all credibility with me. And I really, frankly, don't hear the rest of the conversation because the premise is defective. And to me, what we need to start out with are premises premises that are shared, where we honor each other in working toward common goals. And that's, that's where unity flows from. Not grammatically correct, but I think you get the idea that I'm talking about. So, uh, David, I hear your frustration. And um, I hope you hear me in my reaction as well. I, I think it's indicative of an agenda to divide us. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging what's true in the past. We learn from bad policy. We learn from mistakes. We learn from cultural bumps in the road. We learn from it so that we can work together for a better future. And I may I offer, you know, I think I think I mentioned this maybe last week. I'm working through a, a book that's written by a, a man that we've interviewed here on the Mike Douglas Show quite a while ago. And I personally met him at a conference I was at a couple of weeks ago. His name is Kevin McGarry. Uh, Kevin McGarry is a, uh, a black leader and a great man of faith. And he's written a book <clears throat> called Woked Up. W-O-K-E-D-U-P, Woked Up, and the subtitle is Finally Putting an Axe to the Taproot of White Supremacy and Racism in America. He has, in a non-inflammatory way, laid out a compelling reason for us to honor each other and work together. Highly recommend the book. I did, I get no financial kickback from this. I'm just reading through it. I think if you're interested, again, it's called Woked, W-O-K-E-D, Woked Up, Finally Putting an Axe to the Taproot of White Supremacy and Racism in America by Kevin McCary, his last name M-C-G-A-R-Y. Highly suggested for you. All right. Mike Douglas show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV will continue. What's on your mind Friday at telephone number 
888-900-3483 coming up in three minutes. Again, here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you for spending your Friday afternoon with me. I'm blessed by that, and thank you so much for being uh, listeners and for participating in our discussions Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. Again, here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Just a program note, it's football season coming up uh, in about nine and a half minutes. It'll be the Los Angeles Chargers uh, playing the New Orleans Saints. That begins at five o'clock tonight, immediately following the Mike Douglas show. And I encourage you to hear the best NFL games and Super Bowl 57, by the way, this year, right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And uh, just another reminder what we've uh, uh, really agreed to today. And, and I, I noticed by the, the amount of emails I've received, I think a lot of you are participating in that. Of course, the uh, the affidavit was released today that was used to justify the warrant that was served on Donald Trump's home in, uh, in Mar-a-Lago in, uh, in Florida. And my encouragement is uh, that we really study that, really look at it in detail, and then we can come back Monday and discuss it intelligently and fully uh, once we've had a time to really digest this. I I don't really want to get into discussions about it without all of us having had the opportunity to to really read through it. And so if you don't uh, have access to it, I'll be happy to email you a PDF copy, uh, copy of it. If you just email me, mike on 1360 at gmail.com, mike on 1360 at gmail.com. I'll be happy to uh, provide you with a copy of it. And then uh, as we look at it and study it on Monday, we can come back during the first hour and talk about the details, talk about our our reactions to it, and whether or not we think it really moves the needle uh, for anyone, uh, whether they are uh, for Donald Trump, not for Donald Trump, or somewhere in uh, in the middle. Uh, my impression at this point is I don't think there will be a lot of needle moving, but we can talk about that more uh, when we uh, come back and we regroup on Monday. As many of you know, as I've told you uh, often, I look at many different sources um, every day uh, before the show here to make sure that I get a handle on as many news items as possible and the different perspectives on those items. And so often I, I look at many different sources that I don't normally agree with, but I think it's important to get their perspectives. One of those sources is Axios. And a lot of times I don't agree with Axios's perspectives, but there are times when I think they're brilliant. And here's one of those times. <laughs> Let me uh, relate this to you. They, they've been uh, talking about being productive in the workplace. And uh, they just uh, put out 10 little nuggets of wisdom. Let me go over those very quickly with you before we end our time here together. Uh, Axios, uh, Number one, get paid for doing something you love. Great wisdom there. Be the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Strive to be the very best ever to do your job. 
They say you'll spend 75% of your waking hours working or thinking about work, so why settle? Be the best. Serve others. Number three, serve others. They say if it's only about you, you'll do the wrong things for the wrong reason. Life is uh, empty when you're alone. I recommend to serve others, and that I underscore that. I'm a big proponent of serving others. Work morally. Amen to that. They say honesty, grace, humility, hard work, and honor are the core values of a work life well-lived. I love this. I love what they're putting out here. Number five, work smart. Working hard on the wrong or non-essential things is time wasted. Number six, study deeply. Master the tiny details and panoramic context of your profession. Number seven, study thyself. (laughs) Be clear-eyed about your gifts and flaws. It's the only path to betterment. Number eight, fortify thyself. Optimal work performance is impossible without healthy relationships, diet and exercise, and spirituality and mindfulness outside of it. Interesting. Number nine, savor thy wins. Take time to celebrate aspirations met. I think that's so important. Uh, I can succumb to a lot of the negatives uh, I have to deal with over time. And I have to discipline myself to, to be thankful for and thank God for the great times, for the, for the great times of productivity, for the neat things that happen in collaboration uh, with others. Uh, those victories, those things worth celebrating, I believe indeed need to be celebrated. And, and then again, uh, number 10 on the Axio Secrets of Success, I guess you could call it, learn from loss. Yes. They say the real good stuff often reveals itself in the most painful moments. They say in the bottom line here, when the clock stops, they mean the work clock, smile confidently knowing you did it right and you did it well. I think that's great wisdom. And so I I applaud Axios and I I would uh, come alongside of them and say amen to each of those 10 points. I think those are good nuggets of wisdom to send us off onto the weekend. Again, thanks to Brenda Lapome for her, her extra duty as our producer all week. And we'll look forward to seeing you on Monday, 3 to 5 p.m., right here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Have a wonderful weekend.